My name is Boyd Varty. I think of myself as an artist of experience. My passion is to create transformational experiences for myself and others as a way to explore what it means to truly live. My central exploration is to live on what I would call the track of your life. To me, this is to live courageously towards the discovery of what you are called to and to what life asks of you. So much of how I live has been informed by my passion as an animal tracker. I'm following the trail of my own life and reporting back. This show is a daily broadcast from a treehouse on the Londolozi Game Reserve in the wild eastern part of South Africa. Londolozi is a 14,000 hectare wilderness reserve adjacent to the Kruger National Park. The land is home to lion, leopard, rhino, elephant and buffalo, as well as a variety of other animals. I am your host, Boyd Varty. My goal is to spend 40 days and 40 nights alone in the wilderness to explore the archetype of the mystic in nature and hone my skills as a tracker. These are my daily stories. Day 5. Why is simplicity so complicated? Journal entry. Addition to animals seen from the tree list. At 1.45, a wildebeest, new on the list, crossed the river. Why did the wildebeest cross the river? It's quite a serious question. Why has a plains antelope come down into the thick brush of the river, and not just to drink? He crossed the stream and made his way down into the dense center of the river. I will have to investigate. I will tell you now that the tree looks like Robinson Crusoe has taken residence. Everything is hung out to dry in the clear air. The sky is so blue and the temperature right now is perfect. The river seems to sing little songs to me. Little bubbles and gurgles and the occasional boom. Its tune changes with the breeze. I feel like it's calling me to bathe. And this time when I go down, I take more care than I did with the caterpillar mishap. I check the reeds for hippos and the shallows for crocs. I'm standing on the tracks of elephants at the river's edge. I fling a towel over the reeds. I have not looked in the mirror now for five days. I stand naked and alone in the shallow water. A pair of fish eagles flies over. I wash and the water is cool. I do some laundry and then I take my clothes and hang them up on dry branches around the camp. The drops falling off them remind me of a warthog. Once I was out in the bush watching a big male warthog. He was feeding on some grass and then suddenly he put his head up and it was clear that something had occurred to him. And then he turned and walked with great purpose towards the back entrance of the camp. And there he slipped into the camp and he made his way through the star village and positioned himself below a washing line. And some kind soul had done their washing and hung their clothes up and water was dripping off the drying laundry. And as a result of the dripping water, a beautiful green lawn had developed under the washing line. And it is this lawn that the warthog knew of. I must tell you that I haven't felt this still in years. I feel so much more connected to my life inside this simplicity. Through all the trouble with the rain and trying to cook on wet wood and the many little tasks 
that come around the camp and the difficulties that come with camping in rain, I feel present. I feel very naturally grateful. My days are simple, and to me this is something I'm certain the mystics return to the wilderness for. Simplicity. Just the joy of being in your own energy. So many people I have spoken to as a coach have told me that they feel like they are living their life behind a pane of perspex. Like they are in life, but it doesn't touch them in some way. I'm certain that this is related to complexity and convenience. It's as if, as if the convenience itself becomes a kind of barrier to life. So my message from the tree is, if you want more life, simplify, simplify, simplify. I've been thinking a lot of my countrymen, other African people, who live in this kind of simplicity, bathing in the river and cooking by the fire. I feel very connected to them when I cook my cornmeal puff porridge by the fire at night. And I have to wonder, what turned simplicity to poverty for so many people? When did that happen? Certainly the hunter-gatherer was not poor until the trading store arrived. And I wonder if we could all emerge from this strange time with a taste for more simplicity. I wonder if there are any ways that you could simplify your life today. I remember once in Tanzania having two encounters with the Maasai tribe that made an impression on me. The memories have come up today as if they're trying to get my attention. The first was out walking on a walking expedition between the Ngorongoro crater and the Empakai Gorge. We had been walking for maybe six hours and we had not seen a soul when suddenly a child of about eight or nine appeared, tending to a flock of small goats. He was running them between villages, miles from anywhere, totally unattended. He had a serious responsibility. At age eight, he was being connected with his own capabilities. He understood purpose and responsibility. On that same trip, I, rem I recall we became terribly lost we were looking for a certain trailhead. I remember walking up to a Maasai tribesman who was standing outside his manyata, his village, and asking him if he knew the direction. We had one of those funny exchanges that you can have in a foreign land where we simply repeated the same word to each other four times. I said, Ngorongoro, and pointed. He looked back at me and said, Ngorongoro. I looked back at him and said, yes, Ngorongoro. And then he nodded his head and said, Ngorongoro. And then he turned and he began to walk without a word. And he walked with us for the next six hours to the trailhead. And then he turned, looked at us again and began to walk home. I was struck by the raw freedom of it. He didn't tell anyone he was going. He didn't ask permission. We were total strangers. He just did what he knew to do in the moment. All over Africa, where there tends to be less stuff, I have received more generosity. And here with the river and the tree, I feel a 
generosity born of pure simplicity. I feel like I'm understanding what true abundance really is. But it's not all wine and roses. I will tell you the stillness is confronting. Without the news of the world, insights naturally arise. And once they do, they cannot be seen. I become aware that I can no longer hide from the fact that I have struggled with commitment. Never in my work, but in places that require a certain emotionality from me. Sometimes I've been incapable of handling complex feelings and emotions. And I've spent a lot of my time trying to get out of relationships where I have been overwhelmed by both love and importance. I don't know why I do this. I just know that sometimes it feels like the tide has suddenly turned and I'm being pulled out to sea. I've used moving as a way not to feel. But out here in this simplicity and solitude, I can be honest with myself. I can take a, person, a personal inventory. Somewhere inside, I'm still trying to grow up an overwhelmed 10-year-old. I see my sister say to her children, use your words. When the tide is turning, I must teach him to use the most simple words. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know how I feel. I care. I hope you will not find me self-indulgent. I decided that the best way to tell this story is just to say what's happening. Good advice to myself, just say what's happening. Here in nature, alone, I feel like I can grow him in ways I just can't get to in other contexts and places. It seems really simple here to feel without running. I'm not talking about softness here in the way of mala beads and group hugs. I'm, ta I'm talking about how here I can track a lion and bathe in a river with crocodiles and hippos and walk on an elephant's tracks and feel the eyes of the night. Here that 10-year-old can become capable like that young shepherd in Tanzania. Here that 10-year-old must become a free man to answer to his own integrity in the moment like that Maasai warrior. The wilderness is initiating me to my own power and wounding. I have enough understanding of psychological processes to know that something beyond me is starting to happen. Here inside an intricate natural intelligence, I don't have to try and grow. The solitude brings it up. The wild grows it. And now with light to spare, I will go north across the river and try and answer that most ancient of questions. Where do wildebeest go? This has been another episode of the Track Your Life podcast with Boyd Varty. Follow us on Instagram at Boyd underscore Varty, Twitter at Boyd Varty, visit Boyd's website at boydvarty.com or subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast player. Please rate and review this podcast so that more people can find and enjoy it.